Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Round the Outside. I hope you enjoy, you're enjoying life at the moment. I hope you're well. Um, thank you so much for uh, coming to listen to this podcast. Um, today we're going to be talking about the Monaco Grand Prix. And it's going to be a pretty short one because um, there's not much to... I'm, I'm not going to talk about too much uh, today because I've all... Because I've all so made a podcast with Cricket Guy one one two four. Uh, so you can go check that out later, and you should definitely go check out Cricket Guy one two four's podcast, and also go check out Simple Aviation's podcast. They're both brilliant podcasts, and you both like them. I'm also trying to going organizing to do a podcast with Simple Aviation on. Maybe on his podcast or maybe on mine. So we're just trying we're just trying to figure that out at the moment. But that will come. It will come. So yeah, so we're gonna talk about the Monaco Grand Prix. It was a great Monaco Grand Prix. It's the first wet Monaco Grand Prix we've had in a while since twenty sixteen. And it was a banger. Absolute banger. Um we started off with the red flag, um after a pretty wet start. A pretty wet rolling start up behind the safety car. So we had an hour, hour away. And then we came back out for a rolling start to the Grand Prix. Leclerc led and he got a lead. Then he pitted for intermediates. And then Ferrari really lost their mind with the strategy. Um, which is a real shame because this was Leclerc's best chance in at winning in Monaco. Probably because he had the fastest car on the grid. Unlike last year, where he had probably the probably the third fastest car last year, and Ferrari on that on those streets had the best car, um, but yeah, Ferrari lost the lead. Uh, Carlos Sainz was still second though; he stuck to his guns and st- stayed on the full wets, went on to slicks. But then Ferrari messed up their strategy again after the red flag restart. Um, where Mick Schumacher crashed into the walls. He is okay now. That was a horrifying incident. Um, the car speaking half. Whenever that happens, that's, that's always a really, really bad sign. Um, but also Kevin Magnussen DNF'd as well. As he did Alex Albon, who has had a pretty impressive season so far. But the the leaders were the main focus. Um, but Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc they stayed on six for the restart, restart, and they stayed on the hard compound tire. Now, when we got to the end, the medium tires were completely fine for Verstappen and Perez, so they probably should have gone on the on those medium compound tires. Then it might have been a little bit more interesting. But Sergio Perez ran away with it after the restart, built up, built up a very good lead. And then he won the Monaco Grand Prix. He was... He had qualified in the top six for the first time ever in his career. And he had won the Monaco Grand Prix and led the Monaco Grand Prix for the first time in his life. First time in his career as well. So a lot of first for Sergio Perez, but I couldn't be happier for him. He, he definitely deserves that. Uh, Max Verstappen came third, extended... His leader at the top of the championship. But now Sergio Perez is becoming a real threat for the world championship. Because he is in 
third place and 15 points behind Max Verstappen and only, I think, six behind Charles Leclerc. It's all gone wrong for Charles, that's for sure. It's all gone wrong for him. I hope that things can be fixed in Baku um, and Montreal. Ferrari got to get Ferrari have got to get their stuff together, and they've got to get it quickly, because if it if they don't, then they're gonna really really lose out big time. Because even though it's a twenty two race season, you need to get a start early. You need to get a really good um start off the line in the season, which Ferrari did, but then they've lost that now and. They've had a habit of doing that over the last few years, and they did it in 2012, and they did it in 2018. So they really need to make this one stick and really get that World Championship um, away from Red Bull. But it's going to be a great, great sword battle towards the end of the year. Um, George Russell finished fifth, yet another top five finish for him. A very, very impressive drive at Monaco. Mercedes looked like they had fixed their problems um, in Spain, but then Lewis Hamilton, he dropped down to eighth, and he was stuck for the whole race behind Fernando Alonso. There were two traffic jams of cars um, on two sections of the track, which shows how hard it is to overtake at Monaco. Now, I think, I think races at Monaco, they're meant to be for, like... The global audience, oh, it's Monaco, it's the big race. Um, Formula 1 is synonymous with Monaco. So, it does feel like, now, it does feel like a boring race now every time we go to Monaco. Not, like, not much is going to happen. Um, like, let me give you some examples. So, in, in 2018, Daniel Ricciardo, he had, he lost three quarters of engine power. Yeah, he still won the race. Lewis Hamilton in 2019 put on the wrong tyres that was not going to go to the end. He still won the race. So it shows how hard it is to overtake. And it just, it doesn't really give any exciting races anymore. Like, this one was okay, but I wouldn't go into a theatre and I would watch a Formula 1 race and I'd think, oh, that's the one I want to watch straight away. So I kind of want to see a little bit of, you know, a little bit more overtaking. Maybe they could widen the track. They can make some changes to it, like they did to Albert Park. But I I think that there needs, needs to be a lot to there needs to be a lot done in order to make um in order to make a Monaco Grand Prix really interesting. Um, but. Personally, for me, I think they should take it off the calendar, replace it with something for a couple years, give them some time to widen the track, and find a way to make it more interesting, and then they could try and do it again. For example, an idea I have is maybe you can make it a night race. That would be nice to see cars weave through the principality at night. Uh, they could figure out a way to do that. You could also do... Have a, you could also have a more like a reverse grid race. There has to be something done to help Monaco become a little bit more interesting, because right now it just looks like it. It just looks like it's just kind of boring. I guess it's. It just looks like something, um, like a children's book in a in a 
J.K. Rowling novel shop. That's not, that's not a very good comparison, but what I mean to say that it's kind, it's starting to feel a little bit boring, um, which is sad because that's taking away all the history away from it. Um, I really, really hope that this, uh, the Monaco Grand Prix, has some changes made to it. And hopefully those can come in the future. But I think another thing that we also should consider is that Pierre Gasly started 17th. He lost down the red flag, yet he still made it up back up to 12th. Pierre Gasly did a strategy, and then, let's be honest, if Pierre Gasly didn't start on the intermediates and change the intermediates and didn't show that blistering pace, then... This race could have a whole different outcome. Um, because Lance Stroll and Latifi weren't going to be very fast on the intermediate tyres. Because they're Lance Stroll and Nicholas Latifi. They're pay drivers to Formula 1. And they don't really have the talent um, to go incredibly fast in their cars. However, Pierre Gasly, he has a good car this year. And he has great talent. So, I think that... Um, it was shown that Gasly could overtake up Monaco and he could be, he was faster than everyone else on the intermediates, which forced for many teams to change their tyres. If Gasly was on wets, then everyone would have probably waited and seen the situation themselves and this, this race could have had a very, very different sort of outcome um, than it did. Um, so that was, that was pretty interesting to see. Um, def it was definitely not something that I ex expected for Pierre Gasly to change a race, but that's how it went, and yeah, the Monaco Grand Prix is interesting, but now we have a, a two-week break before we go to Baku for um, the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, and then we have, obviously we have a double header, so it's Baku, then Canada, um, and then Silverstone, I think, so... Yeah, that's going to be very, very interesting indeed. And that is also where I'm going to wrap it up for today's podcast. I'm sorry if that's a little short. It's just I wanted to make a mention of the Monaco Grand Prix. Um, so go check out the podcast I did with Cricket Guy 124 um, His is also on his podcast, also on Spotify. You can listen to it on Spotify. Uh, so, yeah, go check it out, and I'll see you later. Bye.